Center of St. Paul to Timothy. Uh, and I encourage you to read uh, this chapter, and if you can follow. And I highlight this uh, seven characteristics uh, based on uh, this chapter. The chapter is started by of the first characteristic of the good servant, which we uh, all, all of us, the servant, whatever level, to be from bishop, to priest, to something school, or any kind of good service, any kind of service. Because when we make, when we mean servant, we mean everyone who serving uh, the Lord. The first characteristic is to be strong. Be strong. We don't want to have weak servants. St. Paul, in his first verse in this chapter 2, 2 Timothy, he said, Use it for my son. We consider is this to be said to every one of us, son and daughter. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So he defined the meaning of to be strong. Because of course there's different meaning to be strong. But to be strong in the grace, and to be strengthened by the grace, to be strong in the Lord Jesus uh, uh, Christ. And the power of the servant is not to come from his or her intelligence or activities of the world the way to communicate, which all of them are important, but the real power to come from the grace of God. So a servant should be to be a man of God, a person of God, and to be strengthened by God. As St. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I cannot do anything without getting this uh, power from from Christ. Why? Because we are in war. We are fighting. The service you lead this fight against uh, the devil, which take us to the uh, letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians when he uh, put the the, uh, the life of the spiritual life as, as a fight. In, uh, in the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians chapter 6, from, he spoke about it from verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong uh, in the Lord and in the power of his might. Of course, he wrote to everyone. He was not writing to the servants, but he writing for everyone. But if everyone is required to be strong, but what about the servant who lead the, uh, the people at different levels? And, and he elaborate more on what to be strong. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the violence of the devil. 
So here's our enemy is the devil. Our enemy is not any person, but of course it's a devil can use people to attack us. Our enemy is the thoughts, the ideas, the values which exist in the society which are against our Christian values. <coughs> we have to be strong to stand against these values, against these ideas, against these thoughts. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rural of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. That's our enemy. And that's why it, we need this, the power from above. We need to be strengthened by the power, the power of the Lord Jesus Christ and his uh, grace. That's why he came and took human nature became man and he led us in the way to overcome the devil. As we inherited from Adam and Eve of four parents, our father, the, the inheritance of defeat. When they were defeated by the devil, they led to the defeat of the whole human race. It was not limited to them. That's why the Lord Jesus Christ he came and took human nature, became man, and he led the way how to defeat the devil. He defeated him in the temptation of the wilderness, and he defeated him in many temptations, but the utmost victory was on the cross. And in the cross, he trampled death by death. And he came victorious over the devil. And his victory is for us. So we are strengthened by his power, by this, by this victory. So when we deal with the devil in our fight, with the principalities of this world, we deal not out of fear, but out of confidence. Mm. This not confidence on us, but confidence of our Lord. He led uh, the way. That's why when St. Paul spoke about the armor of God, what are our weapons? He spoke our weapons which is related to, to Christ. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with the truth. Because the weapon of the, the devil is lies. And you overcome lies with, with truth, deceiving. Having put on the breastplate of the righteousness. He used that what is used in military in his time, and he put it in a more spiritual way. And having uh, uh, showed your feet 
with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith with which we will able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of, of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit being watchful to this end and will be perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So it is a fight, not for one day, one week, or one month, but the whole life. And we have to be uh, ready for that, and we have to be strong. Which leads us to the second characteristic to the servant, is to be able to endure hardship. To endure hardship. St. Paul, he told his disciple, therefore, you, verse 3, but you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And he elaborate more on what he meant by that from verse 8 to verse 13, when he, when he said, remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I suffer trouble as an evil door, even to the point of a chain. But the word of God is not a chain. Therefore, I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain salvation, which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This is a faithful saying, for if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithful, he remain faithful, he cannot deny himself. We learn from these two things, that is the hardship which we endure, we endure for him, for his sake, not for our mistakes. And St. Peter differentiates between to have troubles because of our sin and troubles or tribulation for the sake of God. And the second thing is when we endure hardship, we endure with him. That's why he spoke St. Paul about the fellowship of his sufferings. And when we suffer for Christ, we don't suffer alone. We suffer with him. And he accepted to suffer, to change the meaning of sufferings. Because sufferings enter into the life of humanity after the fall. So it's related to sin. And that's why in the Old Testament you find that is God reward those who follow him by being in good land, in peace, rest, and to punish those who don't follow by sufferings. But in New Testament when Christ came and he suffered 
he changed the meaning of suffering. He did not abolish suffering. We will continue to suffer, but in a different meaning, to suffer with him. To suffer as a gift, as a reward, as a way to share in his glory. Because if we suffer with him, we will glorify with him. So firstly, we have to suffer for his sake, not for our mistakes, and to suffer with him, if we suffer for him, then we will suffer with him. And certainly, there is no one ex exempted from suffering. That's why St. Paul, when he asked his disciple Timothy to endure suffering, he gave himself as an example. He said, I suffer, I endure suffering, even to change. So we don't say that you say one suffer, we as a bishop or priest to rest. No. We always to give the model, the leader. That's why in the story of St. Ammonius, St. Ammonius, the bishop of Isna, this was a wonderful bishop. He always reflected his life. He used to, to stay most of the week in his cave as a hermit. But when to the weekends, Saturday, Sunday, I stand and Monday, serving the people. And because of that, his service was very effective. Very effective. So when the persecution came, he first he took his people to the mountain to pray there. It was a feast of a sin. So the, the governor followed him. And he offered himself first as leading the people, not putting the people for persecution, and he escaped. But he was the leader. He was his people, suffered with them. And all of them were martyred, killed, and the governor took him, because he thought, this is the leader. Give him extra suffering because he's a leader, and ended by his uh, martyrdom. So we give this an example as a bishop to be with his people, to lead the people in the suffering, not to escape when something happened. So the same we can apply to everyone of us. The, leader, the real leadership is to be with your people, to be with those you serve to suffer with them, to protect them if you can. In the story of St. Peter, the seal of martyrs, when they surrounded the church, and because they want to take him, and the people gathered in the church to protect the bishop. So it, he thought it would be a massacre. If they enter, they would kill them. So he agreed with the soldiers to find a way to go from a side door with them. And because they came for him, not for the people. And the people gathered to want to protect him. But to he felt that his responsibility is to protect his people. 
not the people to protect him. And that's why he went from Saito. He took him and uh, he prayed uh, that is God to, to stop this persecution. And that's why we call the case the seal of the martyr. This is the example of, for us, we can apply. New class, how you endure sufferings for your service. Because one of the challenges which we face is we are in a society when the easy thing is the good thing. And always speak about your convenience. To reply at your convenience. In, Christ, in, in service is not convenience, but it's against. You serve against the convenience. The, the service against the easy way. You serve against the, the comfortable zone. And everyone has a comfortable zone. When the zone of people, of zone of service, you feel more comfortable with. We are not calling for this. We are calling to go out of your comfortable zone. You're going to go to the people, not the people who are very obedient, very polite, uh, but to go to those who are not obedient to people who are not polite. That because this is the people who need to serve. Christ came for us because we are good and we are righteous, we are polite, we are obedient. Because if we are this, he will not come. Why to come? But he came because we are sinners. We are dead. And because of this, he came to, to save us. So we are called to service, service of the cross, and to carry your cross in, in, in your service. So the second characteristic is to endure hardship. And just I was to I want to remind you of what the Lord mentioned in the Gospel of Saint John, chapter fifteen, when he spoke. Why people to hate you? And why hardship is a must? It's not an option. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before, before it, before it hated, before it hated you. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. It's because you are not of the world, but I choose you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. Remember, the world that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. 
That's why when the Lord sent uh, the, the disciple in, in a mission and to preach the coming of kingdom, to say peace to the people, and he gives them the authority over the uh, unclean spirit about the devil and give him the power to do miracles. He didn't say to them it will be easy. And will you be accepted by everyone? He told them also what to do if you enter in a city and they don't accept you. So he put this possibility. So don't put in possibility if you serve, if you are strong, then everybody will accept you. No. Don't worry, don't uh, so be surprised when you find what we are teaching is not accepted by the majority of people. Because this is, we, 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 our teaching is not of this world. And St. Paul spoke about two kinds of philosophy, two kinds of wisdom. The wisdom of this world and the wisdom which coming from Christ. So what we are facing as a society is not just sporadic things happening. But there is a, a line, a, 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 a way of thinking, a way of thinking which can link everything which uh, we see and which we, we face. We have a different way of thinking, different way of thinking. That's why we have to dare to be different, not to be afraid to be different. To be different, this is the normal thing. If we are not different, so we have to examine. Maybe you are wrong. And the one of the challenge of the church went to submit to the world, to the spirit of the world. And the spirit of the world to infiltrate the church. And this is how to worship Saint Elijah spoke about whom to worship. Well, uh, God. But as a church, whom to worship? To worship God or to worship the world? If we worship the world, we have to submit because worship means submission. Yani when you worship, when you kneel down, that is expression of submission. When we kneel down for God, we submit to God. So when we kneel to the world, or when we submit to the thoughts of the world, then we are... Uh, Worship it so take the easy way. Take the easy way. So we have to be as a servant to endure hardship and not to be afraid if we find resistance, but we find division because we are saying the truth. The important is how to be honest till till the end. The third characteristics is to be single-minded. Single-minded. St. Paul, in his, we go back to chapter two, from the second letter, in verse four. He said, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. 
To give you an example, if you are a soldier, enlisted as a soldier, you should focus on how to please who enlisted you, not to be uh, uh, distracted by other things. So the Lord Jesus Christ is explaining more in the Gospel of St. Luke. The Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 9, verse 57 to 62, he explained what is meant by this. Now it is I read, now it has happened as they journeyed on the road, that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And he, he saw the Lord doing miracles, very popular, he liked it. The Lord answered and said to him, foxes have hawks, and birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. So I have to know what kind, what is the meaning to follow. The first thing is we have to know what is the meaning to serve. Then he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and preach the kingdom of God. And if you want to be worried about things, then you will not be able to, uh, to say. It doesn't mean you don't take care of your family, but we take it as an example. It's an example of to be single-minded, yeah, to give a priority of the service. If you accept it to serve, if you are committed to serve, you have to follow this commitment. And one of the biggest challenge for us is the commitment. commitment. And I'm happy to see this number of people coming and committed to come. But usually, we have a servant meetings, yeah, the commitment is not as we expect it to be. Hopefully, to continue to do so. To be committed. To be committed to you, to your servant as a, as a whole. Not only just the I am committed if I have time. If it is convenient for me. If the group which I have in the service, they are a good group. Because they are not serving the groups. Some they like the service because they are friends. They have friends who serve in the same church and they like this gathering of this kind. So service is not a social gathering. It's one who has to be single-minded. And this single-minded means to focus on the commitment of the service which we do. The same also if, if those who consecrate their life of the service. If they consecrate their life to service, they have to go back. And that's why the Lord in the third one. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you. But let me first go and bid them farewell, who are my house. But Jesus said to him, no one 
having put his hand to the floor and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. And if you start, don't look backwards. Don't look backwards. Find people who serve for the second time, they leave the service and they come back and so on. This kind of hesitation will not help anything and will not help them to grow in, in the service. So the first characteristic is to be strong. Number two is to endure hardship. Number three, to be single-minded. Number four is to keep the living tradition of the church. Keep the living tradition of the church. Or in other words, to grow within this living tradition of the church. St. Paul put it in, uh, in verse 2. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit this to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. In this verse, he's speaking about the faith which we uh, receive. It's not something which we invent or everyone comes with a new ideas or new teaching, but something which we deliver from generation to generation. Started from the apostles. That's why we call it the living apostolic tradition. Tradition is capital T. And this tradition, which came from the Lord Jesus Christ, is the founder of our faith. But the Lord did not write book. He didn't write letters. But he taught, he did miracles, and he offered himself on the cross, and he was from the dead. But the eyewitnesses are the apostles. And the apostles, they preached what they saw and what they heard. And so their preaching is not coming from them. They preach it about Christ, either in an oral tradition or in written tradition. They went and preached it, and some of them wrote. The four evangelists, they wrote the Gospels, and many apostles, they wrote letters, like St. Paul, St. Peter, St. John, Judas, and so on. So this is the tradition. That's why St. Asenash and Cyril said, what Christ did, the apostle preached, <coughs> and the fathers kept. And our role is to keep, to keep what we received. So that's why we have this, what we call it the apostolic living tradition, which is based on the Holy Bible, because this is the written words, and how it is interpreted by the father of the church, and how the church lives it through the liturgy, the three things, the three pillars of the tradition. And we have to grow within this tradition. 
and we deliver it. And our role is to deliver it to the generation. So when you teach, when you teach, because you, you, you as a servant, you are teaching. But you don't teach from your own mind. You teach what you received. And that's why St. Paul, he, in, in his letter to the Corinthians, he said, I give you what I delivered to you, what I received. And he asked Timothy, is what he received from him, from St. Paul, is to give it to people and, and trust people. And he said, what I taught you with many witnesses. It's not my personal opinions. That's why he went, after 14 years of his service, he went to Jerusalem to present the gospel, his teaching, to the three powers. And he gave him the hand of fellowship. So St. Paul, after 14 years, he, he needed to go and put his teaching. And this is the church. You cannot teach in your own mind. That's why when we ordain Ognostos, as we did today for two, the ordination of Ognostos, because Ognostos is a leader to read and to teach. This is the first degree of teaching. And the commandment for the Ognostos called the first degree of priesthood. It means because the teaching is the work of the, of the priesthood. So the first degree of teaching in the church is the Gnostos. Thomas Silver, yeah? uh, And, and to, to ordain almost the, the liturgy represent the meaning of the so that's why when we ordain Ognostos, we cut in the hair five places. The head covers head. While we see, call him the name and also with the blessing of the Holy Trinity. Because you want to have that this five cut, which represents the five wounds of Christ, which represents the work of Christ. When you teach, you don't teach in your mind, but teach the work of Christ, the mission of Christ, to have the mind of Christ. And therefore, it is important for the servant to follow the tradition, not to come with a new teaching. The, the word heresy means a new teaching. People who came with a new teaching different than what is, is received. And, uh, and this is a, a very important point that is we have to go within the church, within, within the church, within the teaching of, of the church, which leads us to the fifth point, which is to have the sound face. Because if you go in the church, then you will teach the right face. If you don't go in the church, and depend on your mind, it is very easy to deviate. That's why in the history of the church, there was a great teachings, and they ended by being heretics. Why they are heretics? Because they don't follow. 
they follow their own mind, their own logic. And that's why we face today new ideas. People come with their new ideas. They read books. They be affected by the, what they see in the society. Some of them want to make a compromise between what the world is teaching. And there is a trend which we have to be careful about. And the people, they say, to win the people, usually they, yes, they say the youth, because most of those are victims of that, as if the only youth who are deviating, <laughs> while most probably the many youth are very good and very committed to the church. But we usually use the word youth when we speak about something to deviate from the church, which I don't like it, because the deviation does not depend on age. It depends on how people to be brought up. Anyway, call it use, call it not use. But there are trained try to make a kind of compromise between the wisdom of the world and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. And it never happened. It's never happened. This is a completely different set of thinking. And this attempts, which be done, try to infiltrate the theology and coming with a new explanation about the Bible and people because they have a problem with what the people teaching about creation. So they try to, uh, to make uh, uh, what is written in the Bible is more a symbolic things not actually this, this happened. Yeah, all this attempt for this kind of compromise, it ended by failure. Because yeah, if what is written in the Bible is not historically true, so where would the line? Yes, it has a spiritual meaning, it's true, but it doesn't mean it does not exist. And yeah, is, is Adam was a person or a symbol? He's a real person, but he's a symbol too. But if we, because we have a problem of creation, and man was actually created or not, so we come with this idea, no, no. What is written in, the, in Genesis is just a story to explain something. But it does, it's not real, it's not real. Or some come with ideas like, because uh, we want to make a compromise between the evolution and what is written in the Bible. They say that is God created Adam from the dust. This dust could be a creature. Creature which evolved to be human being. But instead of the breath, they say it's a mutation. And this a unique mutation happened for this creation, which ended by to have a human being. Like such kind of things, it will not stand. Because you have to be clear in speaking about the truth. Speak about the truth. Yes, God created heaven and earth. Very simple. Full stop. There is a career. 
God created man in a, in a unique way. It's different than the other, other creation. Otherwise, <laughs> why there is eternity? If we are developed, evolved from a certain kind of animals, but why we have eternity and this animal does not? So the point is not the similarity in anatomy, which do exist. Because there is a part of us is like animals. I mean, if you study veterinary and you study medicine, you have a lot of similarities in physiology, in pathology, in anatomy. But there is a unique difference is the spirit. The spirit which came from God, which make another element in the human being, which does not exist in the animal, which there is, therefore, we believe in eternal life. So the people who believe in the evolution, in the sense of man, I will speak about the evolution, other things, but my point is about the creation of man. The creation of man is just evolved, then they, they don't believe in eternity. They don't believe in eternal life. Because this is a logic. It's a logic, the, the life of man, like the animal, it ended by their death. And that's most of the people who believe in that, they, they ended by denying the eternal life. So how to make a compromise? Do you will deny the eternal life? So therefore, <coughs> we have to be strong in keeping uh, the faith. And Sam Paul uh, spoke about this uh, in, in verse from 15 to 18. Uh, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly dividing the word of truth. But shall profane and idle publics, for they will increase to more ungodliness, and their message will spread like cancer. He gave an example. Hymenus and Philetus are of this sort who have strayed concerning the, the truth, saying that the resurrection is already past and they overthrew the face of some. Nevertheless, the sole foundation of God stands having this seed. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So, uh, as St. Paul also, in uh, in first letter to Timothy, he advised him in, uh, to, to keep the faith. In, uh, in chapter 6, O Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust, avoiding the profane and idle public public and contradiction of what is falsely called knowledge. By professing it, some have explained concerning the faith, grace, 
used. The sixth characteristic is the life of Holy 